Are you an HR department of one trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? Do you need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, grab your coffee, and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. Your host is Brenda Neckvottle, a 20-year human resource professional, ready to explore the HR industry with veterans of business and life with fresh eyes and new ideas. Learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country, as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your workforce. If you're looking to implement new practices to make your job easier in HR, then this podcast is for you. podcast here we are yet again with a, another epic episode and just so happy that you guys are here if you guys are returning listeners you rock thank you so much for coming back time and time again each week uh really appreciate you guys being here uh this show can't happen without y'all and if this is your first time listening in welcome aboard um we try and provide some pretty good information for you guys so you're going to have some actionable takeaways uh, because ultimately I'm here to help share with you the what and the how in human resources uh, because I'm in the human business and that means that there's a greater number of dynamics in the workplace to balance and manage and oh boy howdy more so now than ever. <laughs> but most importantly today we're going to be talking about we've got employment law changes across the nation. I'm going to share with you later in the show where you can get access to that information. Our main topic today <clears throat> is really we're going to talk about the benefits of coaching uh, with uh, guest Chris Willingham. Uh, pretty awesome guy, got a lot of really, really good pertinent information, particularly about the uh, John C. Maxwell program. So uh, I think you guys are really going to like what he has to, to say. Um, he is part of that and um, just pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Um, I'm going to talk to you about some upcoming events and announcements, got something new to share with you guys. And then later I'm going to teach you how you guys can get my best practices delivered directly to your inbox. So, folks, the information that is available through this podcast is, in fact, for informational purposes only and not for the purpose of providing any form of legal advice. You should contact your attorney to obtain legal advice with respect to any particular issue that you are having with your employees. And if you do not have one, if you don't have an employment attorney, go ahead and reach out to me, and I will be able to refer one to you through our affiliates program and our friends over at Jackson Lewis. Okay, so... Employment law changes and headlines across the news. So there is an executive memorandum that is out which permits individuals to defer certain types of payroll tax obligations. We are actually currently waiting for that guidance to come out. If you've heard me talk before when we were dealing with the Families First Coronavirus Response Act and the CARES Act is that the government is really great about enacting a law and then we figure out how to do it. Same thing happens when it comes to an executive order. So Right now, we are waiting for the guidance on how to actually make that happen. Um, I've seen a lot of chatter out there. This is a total sidebar. Seen a lot of chatter out there right now where a number of companies are seeking the legal guidance right now. They're seeking guidance from their CPAs, and everybody is saying, hold until we know more, until uh, that information in detail has come out. Don't take my word for it, though. Reach out to your uh, trusted resources, your CPAs, your employment attorneys, find out for yourself, but that's the buzz that I've gotten. All right, so the OFCCP has issued a final rule that TRICARE providers are not subject to the OFCCP uh, jurisdiction. 
Also, lost wage assistance program is actually designed to boost unemployment insurance benefits. We are waiting for some more information on that as well. Over in Alabama, the Department of Labor has announced new document requirements and enforcement initiative that is going into place. Over in San Francisco, the Superior Court judge has granted a preliminary injunction requiring Uber and Lyft to reclassify independent contractors as employees. So this is our next battleground, and that is how the gig economy is going to be impacted. Um, it's it's going to be a huge blow to Uber and Lyft if these guys are actually, in fact, permanently reclassified um, as employees and not as independent contractors. Also, San Francisco has released uh, back-to-work layoff notice and related guidance as well. Over in Connecticut, the minimum wage has increased to $12 per hour effective September 1st, so that's coming around the corner. Georgia has enacted the COVID-19 legal immunity for healthcare providers and businesses. Nevada has enacted uh, COVID-19 liability protection for businesses, but has imposed additional mitigation requirements for public accommodation facilities. There's some information in there on how the COVID-19 has impacted employee handbooks over in the state of New Jersey. Over in New Mexico, they implement the employer reporting rule for COVID-19 cases. Suffolk County over New York has banned hairstyle and religious garment discrimination. Travelers, again, uh, also from New York, are now allowed into the Trusted Traveler program again. The Supreme Court of Puerto Rico has ruled ex-offender is not a protected category. And lastly, over in Puerto Rico, they have become the first jurisdiction to adopt laws against workplace bullying. There are approximately 2,500 members of the U.S. Special Operations Community who transition out of active duty military service every single year. The Honor Foundation has dedicated its mission to serving these elite individuals on their journey to prepare for life once they take off the uniform. In the past few years, we've begun our own journey to reach this number, launching three physical campuses in San Diego, California, Virginia Beach, Virginia, and near Wilmington, North Carolina, along with a virtual campus to reach members of the community anywhere on the planet. I spent 26 years in the special operations community as a SEAL. I graduated from THS program, I served on the board of directors, and now I'm proud to lead this organization into the future to continue assisting these transitioning service members and their families. Our dedicated team, our world-class program, and our incredible tribes of supporters are standing by to help THF alumni and future fellows, and are committed to providing the best possible support system and resources to better serve this community. Our vision for the Honor Foundation is clear, to impact every transitioning service member from the U.S. Special Operations Enterprise through our programs and support, and to be a catalyst for overhauling the entire DOD transition program. It's a big task, but the community deserves it, and we're driving full steam ahead to make this a reality. If you've been inspired with what the Honor Foundation's done in the last five years, I welcome you all to join us as we craft the next chapter in defining what it means to serve others with honor for life. Today we've got a gentleman on who is a coach with uh, certified under the John Will Maxwell program. And I wanted to welcome and invite Chris Willingham to the show. How are you? Thanks for joining. Thank you. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. 
So Chris and I met <clears throat> when we did Tom Shea's Unbreakable 48. And um, we were cheering each other on <laughs> virtually through Facebook. And uh, we got a chance to learn a little bit about each other and, and what each other does. And I invited him to come on because, you know, I, I, I'm a fan of the John C. Maxwell book series. I know I'm familiar with the, the coaching program. And I thought this is a great opportunity to, to kind of share that information with everybody who's listening in. Absolutely. So, so for those of you who are listening, if you haven't seen it, um, let me know if you've dialed in on any of these books, but some of my favorites are the mentoring one-on-one. -on -one. <clears throat> this is a new one, how to lead when your boss can't or won't. I kind of like that. This is the title of that one. My all-time favorite is the 17 essential qualities of a team player and then 360 degree leader. I just like I, everything he puts out is just really fantastic. And, um, <clears throat> and I just really enjoy them. So what made you, what made you take an interest in becoming certified in, as a coach? Um, I think um, I'm a, I'm also a minister and um, mm -hmm. the past probably five, six years, there's a couple of guys that I really respect um, one out of New Jersey and um I noticed this was probably four or five years ago uh, popped up that he had gotten involved in this program, the John Maxwell program, and become a certified leader and a, a coach and trainer. Uh, so that kind of got my attention because this guy was a PhD from Princeton, and he was already a very successful minister and you know just <clears throat> very cerebral, very impressive, influential guy. And I said, man, to go back and to do something else. So I, that's when I looked into it. Um, and the moment I looked into it, I said, man, this is, this is something I really want to do. Uh, but it's not something you take lightly. It's not something you can do overnight. And, um, so a couple of years ago, I finally just pulled the trigger and, um, and I, I don't think I anticipated just how deep this thing went, um, but it is extremely just comprehensive and it addresses every aspect of life, you know, not just not just life, but also coaching you in, in specific areas, skill areas, you know, how to be a better public speaker, you know, right. how to coach properly, those kinds of things. But at the same time, I, I think the thing that attracted me to it was the value system of the organization. Uh, just their values and how they, they stress, it's always character first, right? Um, it's not this total, just set a goal, go after it, run over whoever you have to run over in the process to get there. Uh, it's about bringing the team with you and leading by example and being servant leaders and all of those things. So, of course, with my background, all those things really attracted me. But it wasn't until I actually dove into the program and then ultimately going down to Orlando and spending time with the people, uh, getting to know all the, all the staff, um, and then, of course, going down there with 3,000 people and showing up on the first day, you know, we're all down there together, getting certified at the same time. And from the very first day, it's like you're one big family and you've known each other your whole lives because you're all so like-minded. Right. Um, you know, from a values and character standpoint, mm -hmm. everything. So, so um, but the interesting thing about the program and, and of course, I'm not a I'm not a spokesperson or a recruiter for the program, but I will say this that 
know, everybody, most people think that I'm going to go become a John Maxwell speaker, trainer, and coach. Uh, we all want the microphone, right? We all want the podium. Some of us have the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> right. Some of you have the microphone. That's right. Um, <laughs> even it, there are there are stay-at-home moms who homeschool who go through the program just to make them better at that. Mm-hmm. That's how valuable the program is. So it's not, so you've got, you've got that scenario all the way up to my colleagues who are now on a private jet flying to Dubai, you know, getting paid a lot of money to get up there and talk about what we're talking about today. So there's and anything in between. So there's nothing you can't do with the, with the knowledge and the education and just the, um, the resources because it's amazing. That's awesome. So what has been your favorite part about the program so far? It's caused me to think more, to, to see things and think about things differently, um, mm-hmm. mainly in my own life, um, of how I structure things, how I, you know, because we're all wired to set goals, especially, you know, you and I, we did the 48-hour challenge and we were with, what, 50 people. Yeah, I think what we started off with 50 people and I think only 30 to 35 maybe finished, maybe. I think so. I mean, I kept watching, I kept tracking like every check-in that we did. I was looking to see how many people we had online. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, uh, I think the, not necessarily prior to John Maxwell, but if, if anything, it's drove the point home for me that anything that I achieve in my life or goals that I set, accomplishments that I achieve, whatever the case may be, they're much more valuable if they're intended to be able to serve others as a result of it. Mm. So the more I achieve, the more I can pass on to those people around me, if that makes sense. Instead of this thing of, I achieved, therefore look at me. Right. I achieve, therefore I can give more, I can pass on more wisdom, I can love more, I can, whatever the case may be. Yeah. That's the, that's the mm-hmm. culture of that organization. Um, and that whole idea of really desiring for others to succeed, that's that big mark of a leader that we, is all too often, a little, it's too rare. Because right. the whole mindset is, I want to succeed. And it may be even I have somebody beside me who does the exact same thing that I do. They're, they're a John Maxwell speaker, trainer, and coach. We've got a couple of them that are 40 miles down the road. So the natural tendency to say, well, I, I need to get to people before they do, right? Or I need to outshine them or out-content them or whatever. There's so a spirit of competition. This, right. So with this culture, it's this automatic where you find out that they exist you immediately reach out to them, get to know them. How can we work together? How yeah. can I help you? Um, <clears throat> that's the difference. And that's, that's a lot more rewarding um, than just this lone wolf mentality um, of just trying to make it and, and conquer the world. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I, so as part of this, um, other, than, other than that being... Because I love, I love the collaborative nature. I mean, I love collaborating to begin with. I think 
it's great because when you collaborate, you're naturally and organically taking everybody's strengths and everybody gets to contribute the things that they're good at. <clears throat> and it's the one thing we don't have to worry about the things that we're not good at. And so it's a great, it's a really great focal point for companies to start considering are you really truly utilizing the best traits of your team and your employees? And, um, you know, and that's true with any project. And that would be true, you know, with a, with a group that's like-minded in that area. Because it, it does a lot. I mean, and you can speak for this, but it does a lot for your self-esteem. It does a, a great deal for the, out, the final output of the project. And it's one of those things that if you don't give it credence, you don't give it that natural room to grow and develop. I mean, you're missing out on some pretty serious opportunity for things that you wouldn't even have considered. Exactly right. I think that's where we miss it. I mean, I, I was thinking today, knowing that you know we were doing this, you know, today. Um, you know, we've been witnessing this for a big this big picture for three months now of leadership no matter what side you're on on this thing oh yeah you're watching you're watching the so-called leaders right and if you you know if you want to put them under a microscope and look none of us are perfect but being in this world and being and seeing it from the john maxwell perspective of how we perceive and how we how we define leadership wow this, I'm talking about deficiencies, yeah. but this is, but this is where it breaks down, right? Because even if we look in the in the world of politics, you know, if we look at um, one of the things we deal with here, I live in a very small town, 1,500 people, um, local leaders, you know, town councils, mayors, those kinds of things, whether it be a, a small town or a large, um, it's kind of a popularity contest, right? So now I find myself in a, in a positional leadership role. And I'm not really prepared to be there because I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. I, I don't. And so we're getting a really big picture look at that, at the deficiencies of leadership. Um, and when you have a deficiency in leadership, especially on this scale, you look at the the culture or the the nation as a whole, and you're like, wow, this mm. could go, this could be getting a lot worse. Everything starts to break down, right? Because it all yep. hinges on that leader or lack thereof. Yep. Um, so when you're, and, and it's this idea, and you, I think you touched on, it. you know, when you're, when you're in a position, let's just say you're an employer, a positional leadership type person, and you have 10 employees most of your employees are going to come into the situation because we, how many times on a daily basis do you hear the term, my gifts? I have gifts. I have talents. The best thing you can do as a leader to pass on some wisdom and to get people to shift perspective is to try to convince that person that guess what? Your gifts and those things that make you uniquely you are not in you for you. They're in you for everybody else around you. I love that. That's a, that this is the slight little twist, right? Right. So if, 
if I'm in a position of leadership, it's my job. Let's just say you come in for your first job interview. So we, we talked the first time we talked, we talked about building a team. Right? And what right. one of your yours was confidence that was high on your list uh, for traits of a, a teammate. Mine was selflessness. So we're at opposite ends of the spectrum, but there's still, if you're looking at John Maxwell and those 17 key attributes. If I've really got my stuff together as a leader, one of the things I'm gonna do is I'm going to, I'm not gonna interview from the perspective of employer employee. I'm gonna interview, interview you from a perspective of wanting to connect you. I want to I want to know who you are. I want to start building relationships. Right. I'm going to listen for things that are going to indicate what your gifts may be. I'm going to identify those little those little pearls, those little gifts. If I like what I see, if I from whatever it is, I'm going to know where to place you. I'm going to give you the tools you need to succeed. And then I'm going to turn you loose and let you help the organization or the team grow. Right. So that's when you get in that argument of micromanaging of the leader that says, I know how I want it done. I could care less what your gifts are. You just do what you're told. Right. That usually doesn't end, you know, used to, but we live in a different world. Now. And I yeah. think we've got this. I mean, we grew up in a time where it's like, that's the way it was. And if you didn't like it, there's the door. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't let it hit you on the way out. Right. But now people, people really do, even, even frontline employees, I mean, even people who are just looking for, you know, a Monday through Friday, nine to five, they just want to punch a clock. But you know what? There's that still innate, deep down need for connection. And if you look at it like, you know, Maslow's hierarchy, of needs, they hit that third level when their basic needs are met, shelter, air, food, water, right? And then clothing that would be like the second level. <clears throat> and then the third level is they won't get to that engagement spot until they feel safe and secure. And the way you do that is through exactly what you're talking about, making those connections. And it starts at the very beginning, whether you're walking into the door for the first time and adopting a whole new team, or if you're bringing somebody in from the outside, um, it, it's, you have to have that relationship. And it'll look different for everybody, but if sure. you don't have some kind of way of positively influencing how you guys work together, it's, it's just not going to move forward. Not in the way that you want it. Right. Right. It's, it's, and I, going back to the teamwork issue, you know, we know that the saying that nobody in life who's ever done anything great has ever done it alone. Yeah, exactly, right? We look at some of the greatest people in history, we know who they are, but we may not know the people behind the scenes right. that they would give credit to and say, this would have never happened if it wouldn't have been for these people. Right. So building a team is so incredibly important. And I found that that is the most difficult challenge that I face. <laughs> it is. So, so I, can, I can have vision, right? I mean, I've got, you know, I have this vision for the future. And that's one of the things that John teaches. He said, unless the people around you buy into that vision, you're dead in the water. Um, yep. You can keep struggling and just keep banging your head up against the wall. And you may figure it out. Yep. But it will be a lot easier. So 
but again, that still goes back to the leader. What, what is it about the vision? What is it about me personally? Um, that's preventing the people around me from seeing what I see. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's for me, it's constantly kind of readjusting that vision. Maybe, um, it's, 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 it's a real tricky, tricky thing. So it's real, it's real easy to get people to buy into a vision if they see dollar signs, right? If they see what they're going to benefit from it. Oh yeah, they're I, all in. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we talked in our first conversation about the humanitarian aspect of this. Um, that's a little more, a little bit more deep, difficult. This whole idea of let's go change the world, right? Let's make the world a better place. Yeah. That sounds great, but what's in it for me and, you know, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's challenging. Um, but it, it, it is. Yeah. And changing, I mean, changing a culture that is like that is really, really hard. I've got, I know somebody who's going through that right now and we've been kind of working on it together for a little while. And, you know, as a leader, you really get beat down after a while. And they say lead, it's lonely at the top. They're not kidding. And, you know, when you're trying to make change happen and it's not happening as you envision it, it's different than vision, but when you're trying to envision something um, and make it, make it match what's in the real world, uh, that's, that's hard doing. That is all, that is a big, hard task ahead of you. And I think people, they, they forget to remember that making that kind of impact, making that kind of change, it takes time. It takes a lot of investment of you and you're the one with the skill set to do something like that. It takes building trust with people. And it also sometimes takes doing a little housekeeping. And yeah, and that's a big one because the John Maxwell program wouldn't have been as successful as it is today had they not figured out that you have to have the right people in order to do it. Otherwise, it would just be just another document on a wall. Right. Well, that was the interesting thing. You know, John Maxwell was extremely successful, <clears throat> you could say, on his own prior <clears throat> to the John Maxwell organization. You know, he was a, he was a successful pastor of a, one of the largest churches in California, you know, for a long time. Of course, he started writing books, best-selling author. It wasn't until... 2011, 12, something like that, that he meets Paul Martinelli. Well, Paul Martinelli is the one who had the vision for the John Maxwell team, not John Maxwell. And they That's had interesting. One, so they had one little meeting and Paul said, look, we need to, we need to take what it is you do and we need to scale this thing and give it to the world. And he, he even, he looked at John and said, what, what does your legacy look like? right now in the moment? Your legacy is still, I mean, relatively speaking, huge. Yeah. But your legacy could be massive. Mm. So the idea was taking what all of this stuff in your head and putting it into mm. the heads of thousands of people and let them go out and spread what you've been spreading by yourself. And it just exponentially keeps growing on itself over and over. And now, and now there's what, 50,000 people around the globe. Because when I was in Orlando, you're talking about people from 
how many different? It was 18 different countries mm. um, that were there to be certified to, you know, so there, there are people going back and using, I mean, you've got, you've got a team, a portion of the John Maxwell team that goes to third world countries and they meet with the government of that country, teach them all of this stuff and help their, the government recover and starts building based on these principles. That's awesome. You know, so we have a John Maxwell team, 20 of them, including John, including Paul, including these guys. You have to kind of climb up the ranks before you can do that. They just go down there and live with them for a while mm. and teach them things that they've never heard ever. And now the country, you know, so, um, but again, team. So they, yeah. they started just placing these people. Let's go out and find the best speakers in the world to train our people on speaking. And, you know, and um, so that's, that's how they did this. So in a time like right now, <clears throat> where companies are really, they're redefining themselves or they're having to make a, a massive shift in their own business strategy, their own people strategy, processes, what are some of the things that they can do to consider? I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is <clears throat> what are the benefits to engaging in coaching from somebody who's certified like yourself under this particular moniker that they can apply towards their organization? Because there's a lot of people out there just looking for answers right now. I think the, the benefits of something like this, and, I, and I'm not, of course, I'm a little biased because I know the program. I don't know it like the back of my hand, but I know it well enough to just know how deep it goes. Right. Um, in times like this, you know, we tend to push that panic. Um, we tend to want to, okay, the world is shifting. We, if we, if we allow ourselves, allow our brains to do so, it'll just kind of run away with us. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I, you know, I got to rethink everything. This, this, this isn't going to work. The world's changing. And if it changes, if, if this happens, then I'll have to do this. That's not necessarily true. Right. I think one of the things that, that, that being a part of the John Maxwell team is going to, especially you, you specifically mentioned being a part of an organization. So the organization is. And this is where being a leader, really a real leader really comes into play. You may be going through a rough time. You may be juggling some decisions that have to be made, but ultimately it's about holding that team together, being more intentional about bringing the team together, more intentional about allowing all members of the team to contribute what they're thinking. Okay, this is what's going on right now. This is where we are as a company. This is what we do. This is what the vision was based on how things are going. How do we, adjust that a little bit. Just that method of bringing the team together and brainstorming and masterminding and doing all of those things and looking toward the future could cause you to come out of this stronger than you ever were before it ever started. So what are we talking about again, right? We're talking about connection. Use this opportunity to connect with your people and your team on a deeper level because right. we're already emotional. We're already, you've got all these different emotions, fear, anxiety, anger, bitterness, whatever it is. So as a leader, this is that huge golden opportunity to strengthen your organization through the chaos 
and you do that first by connecting and then maybe the vision stays the same but maybe in the chaos maybe the vision shifts a little um and where maybe you didn't listen to your team members so much before be intentional about listening to them more yes um which is going to make them feel more connected make them feel more empowered um, and at the same time through the process let them know that's going to demonstrate strength on your part um, they're going to trust the leader more because in the midst of the chaos he turned to connection instead of he's out there making side deals and he'll just let us know what we're supposed to do when we're supposed to do um, I think we make it harder than it is. And, and maybe I oversimplify, but I am, I am completely 100% sold out all in on relationships and connection. Mm -hmm. I that agree. is the most powerful thing on the planet. I agree. And I want to clarify that there's a very, dis there's a very strong difference between a, a connection with a bona fide relationship and working to get people to like you. Those are two different things. A good working relationship is somebody where you can say, hey, I'm, I would like to see us do this. And they can, I, I call it lovingly turn around and tell you you're full of crud. But it's just like being able to step up and say, no, I don't think that's a good idea. And the person who's like, okay, so help me understand why. And you have a really healthy exchange back and forth. And right now, what is missing in this world? Everywhere we turn, and it and it impacts us at work. It impacts us personally, impacts us socially. Is that we're not having healthy exchanges right now? Everybody's reacting, and it's all about us. It's us as the individual, not us as into <clears throat> how do we move past this? How do we get beyond this? How do we expand? Right. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting stuff. Yeah, that's um, during the 48 hour challenge, I touched on this a little bit, but one of the, one of the other guys is, is I love him to death. And you know, of course I don't, I've never met him, but he's just one of the people that I really respect and look up to is Ed Milet. Um, and you know, of course, one of the top motivational speakers in the world, you know, lavish lifestyle, whatever, but he's one of the most down to earth individuals who ever met. Um, strong faith, strong values, strong character, all of those things. One of the things that really caused me to start listening to him more is the similarities between Ed and John. Mm -hmm. John's kind of that Papa Bear guy. He's the 70 something. Um, he just, he's like grandpa. Um, you know, he leads off every speech he gives by, hi, I'm John and I'm your friend. That's, that's it. That's his thing. I'm your friend. That's awesome. But when he interviews someone, you've got this guy who's written a hundred books. He's, I don't know how many, I think he said over 14,000 speeches he's given over his lifetime. 14,000 times he's gotten up in front of people and spoke. And people tease me that I talk a lot. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so, and that's what he says. He says, you know, if I'm not any good at this by now, I might want to you know, reconsider. But one of the things that you can see him do this, he can sit in front of somebody and when they speak, you know, you've heard the thing that you speak, you, you, don't, you don't listen to respond. You listen to hear 
to, yes. to absorb what the other person said. Right. He demonstrates that on such a level that he can, you can see his eyes light up when he could be sitting in front of a 16-year-old high school student and they'll say something, whoa. Do you know what that would feel like to have, I'm sitting with Ed Milet, I'm sitting with John Maxwell, I'm sitting with Tony Robbins, I'm sitting with, oh my God, I love that. Yeah, talk about validation. They, they honor the people that are sitting with, they, they're listening to what they yeah. have to say. Um, that is just in, in, in the 48 hour, I don't know if you remember this, I talked about that. Yep. Whatever we honor, we attract. Whatever Absolutely. honor, exits our life. Absolutely. Um, that is just that principle that you can, that's a, that's a painful lesson for you. Yeah, it uh, is. So as, a, so as a leader, as a, and, and I think you're right, that tough love that, you know, I'm willing to give you, some people, look, I, I've come full term, full circle with this. Some people got to go. I, I got it. I mean, the longest time I was the guy who had chance after chance after chance after chance. And that, they'll be okay. They'll, they'll come along. I'm just going to have some grace. I'm going to have yeah. – no, nah, sometimes you get to that point, you, you, you got to go. Um, because you're, you're damaging the team um, instead of even having, even having any desire to want to help. Them. Right. The bind of the so yeah you're right you're exactly right well this has been awesome so if people wanted to get in touch with you and learn more about the program and about what could potentially be offered how can they find you well on um, i'm trying to shift more um and I, i'm not the big content guy um, no got it <laughs> but I, i'm going to be that's that's actually something i'm working on um i do much better talking face-to-face -face and to a group of people than I do talking to a camera. Gotcha. Um, so setting up a camera and, hey, guys. Sitting <laughs> there looking pretty is not your thing, right? Right. I haven't figured that out yet. You know, here's, a, here's the, you know, the <laughs> shot of me working out today. And this, you know, um, I, but, I, but I'm working. I know that's something I've got to do. But anyway, so I'm, I'm working on uh, Instagram. I'm kind of learning to be more of an Instagram guy than a Facebook guy. So it's uh, Coach Chris, 1968. That's, gotcha. uh, and apparently I'll probably have to change that too because that's not, you know. But anyway, there's all these tricks and, you know, whatever. No, that's uh, all good. <laughs> I've got to quit being stubborn and say I want to connect face-to-face -face, uh, because there's value in, in, like, what you're doing. There's value. Um, I had a meeting last week that for the first time I kind of sat back and I had that wow moment. Um, because if it weren't for social media, that meeting would not have taken place. Yeah, amazing. Uh, social media, which led to the 48-hour challenge, which led to the meeting. Is which, it it's one you know, connection after the other, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, so it, it's, it's, it is vital. That's awesome. Well, yes. thank you so much again for being on. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's an honor and a pleasure, and I appreciate it. Thank Any you. Any opportunity to run my mouth is, is good. You're on a podcast. We want people to run their mouth. <laughs> it gets boring if they don't. <laughs> right. That's right.
right, so if you've been listening to the show for some time or you participate in the Next Gen Women in HR Facebook, you've heard me say at some point that you need to take care of yourself first in order to take care of everything else. Well, starting in September, I'm going to be featuring as part of the show a very small segment on health that can be adapted for any professional who's listening to this show. Uh, I'll have subject matter experts as well as featured products that are effective and easy to incorporate into your day every single day. And the information is going to be helpful. It's going to be useful. It's tiny bites, guys. <laughs> you just take tiny chunks out. I'm working on making some serious changes um, because I, I know what happens when I don't take care of myself. And if you guys have been feeling the pressure, just like everybody else has from 2020, the more you focus in on taking care of you, the more you have the ability to focus in and take care of everything else that you need to take care of. So hang in, tune in for that. Uh, you are, you're not going to be let down. I promise you, we've got some really great stuff coming down the pike. So if you've been considering joining the HR coaching program, the time really is now, especially since there's been more that has been added to the program. Now, when you join the program, you're going to receive an access to the uh, recorded HR planning sessions that recently took place back in uh, July and also the Q3 HR planning session as well. You're going to be able to gain attendance to the monthly HR roundtable session, which is the, the main event and those sessions that have been previously recorded. You'll also be able to access the course Selling HR to Your Boss, How to Increase Your Yes Factor by 10x for free. You'll get a free copy of my audiobook that is releasing soon called The 17 Winning Tactics for Your HR Career, Get It Off the Ground and Steer It to the Future, and then also free access to the member resource site. Now, the coaching program is helping our community, and people who are participating in it are just raving about it. And these are individuals who are dedicated HR pros who are working to find their way to move forward through their unique challenges. One of the participants in the coaching program had shared about this in a recent planning event. She said that the big takeaway was that the HR planning worksheet was there, and just being able to spend time with the HR professionals who live in the same headspace that she's in, no matter how much is on your plate or how much you're dealing with, you're not alone. So really, really great takeaway. You guys, you know I love it when you guys throw your HR questions out my way. Uh, go ahead and submit your questions on the bestpractices.org website, and by clicking on the podcast link from the menu and down towards the bottom of the podcast page is a submission form for you to go ahead and post your questions, which may be read and answered on an upcoming episode. Um, over in the Next Gen Women HR community, we're, guys, we're having real conversations in real time with real people, and there's some new and exciting changes in the next several months uh, that are coming down as we round out. It's hard to believe we're starting to round out the end of 2020. Holy cow, we're about ready to turn that corner. Uh, this is really an awesome group of women and men, and we're really growing strong and fast, and I can speak for the group and share that we'd love to have you join us get into the conversation, make sure that when you go ahead and you uh, register and you go ahead and submit your request to join, you answer the questions. I can't begin to tell you how important it is you answer the questions. If you don't answer the questions, this is our ability to screen who is really in HR and who just wants to click into a group. So we want to make sure that these are that anybody coming into the group is actually, in fact, committed and dedicated in the field. Um, so right now, we're really what we need is connection with one another more so than ever. And it's going to get wild as we continue to get closer to the next election. So we're going to have some good information 
out there that you guys can start thinking about and start working on as we round it out. Now, if you guys like to connect with me, you can go ahead and find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Best Practices in HR, where I give general updates. You can find me again over on Instagram, which is Brenda the HR Lady, and that's where I share a little bit more about what I'm up to personally. And if you'd like to connect with me professionally, you can find me on LinkedIn at Brenda Neckbottle. That's N-E-C-K, like the thing you want to choke, V as in Victor, A-T-A-L. Over on YouTube, I've been building a library of videos that you can find me in, and again, using my name. Uh, that's how you'll be able to source it. And I also have a co-host another show, which is called The Real HR Show, with the evil HR lady herself, Suzanne Lucas. And we, we drop a new video over uh, in YouTube under The Real HR Show about once a week. It's summertime, people are going back to school, so we are actually just adjusting and preparing our programming for the fall. So we're working on that as well. Uh, lastly, you can go ahead and jump over on the website at bestpractices.org where you can read up on the new, uh, new updates that I called out in an earlier uh, episode today. And this is something that I'm uh, getting a lot of really positive feedback on. People like to be able to access that. And you can simply visit bestpractices.org, click on the podcast link, and you can get this week's articles. You can also get, I get about 100 every week, and those we load the full the full mass of them are up over on the members on the member website as well. Um, you can also click connect at the top of the page and get my best practice delivered directly to your inbox. So guys, thank you so much again for joining me this week. Uh, really, really super excited about what's coming down the pike. Uh, just had uh, we just recorded our honorary veteran Veterans Day guest. Uh, that's not until November, but you know what? We get on top of these things and we get it done. And that is just an absolute epic, epic interview. Can't wait. You guys are just going to have to tune in. I'm not even going to tell you who it is. So hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the day. And we'll